Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns. And today, we are continuing our series on the critical journey, the stages in the life of faith based on the book by Janet Hagberg and Robert Ulich. And so uh, last time, Rick, we, we were diving into stage four, which is a challenging mm -hmm. stage. And we warned our listeners that this week, we we're going to be talking about the hardest part of that stage, which is the wall. The real value of this whole series that we're doing on these stages to me is today's talk. Talking yes. about this wall, or as some call it, the dark night of the soul. Yeah, and the, the wall is incredibly challenging because we're coming out of stage three, where we're very productive, we've been excited, we're getting all kinds of stuff done. We feel like God is blessing us and showing up in our lives in powerful ways. And then all of a sudden, we are feeling like discouraged, we're questioning our beliefs, we're questioning our own motivations, and part of us just wants to turn around and run the other way. Absolutely. In fact, I think for all of us, anytime there's something uncomfortable, something blocking us, something that's in our way, hindering our progress and our productivity. And let's just point out American culture, we love being productive. We love being successful. We love getting stuff done and, and having more and getting more and doing more. So this time of the wall, the dark night of the soul, oh, it just goes against everything in our being. And, and one of the things, probably, probably the thing I'll say, Rick, as to why we might resist the wall is that all of us have reasons why we don't want to go there. For sure. So for instance, for you and I, uh, when we were going through the wall, we we're both pastors and the wall is incredibly challenging for pastors because we're supposed to to embody the beliefs of our denomination. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the wall is the time when you're questioning all of those. Yeah. And so then you feel like, oh, wait a second, you know, can I still do this job if I'm right. asking these questions? What if I come out the other side and I don't believe any of this anymore? Then what? Yeah. And so it, it can be a very scary uh, experience uh, to go through, but but for others, it's just more of like, I've got this plan for my life, and now it's not happening. Now it's not working out. Now suddenly, I thought God was leading me this way, and suddenly I'm on this detour that I don't want to be on. Well, and I think for anyone who's conscientious, a uh, religious person, a very spiritual person, if you've grown up really committed to a faith that guided you, anchored you, if you're you know really a believer in what you grew up with, whatever religion that is or denomination or whatever, then yeah, this time is going to be uh, disconcerting. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be very scary to you because you're going to be thinking, oh my goodness, has everything I believed, is it a lie? Like that's kind of the background of this wall. Is anything that I believe before true? So mm -hmm. it really shakes you to the core. When I think about turning around, turning back from the wall, what we need to remember is the wall is God is right there at the wall inviting mm -hmm. us forward. 
Yeah. And so if we turn around, we're actually turning away from God. Yeah. And oh yeah. You can't turn around. And it and it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like, oh, if I turn around, maybe I'll save my faith. Yeah. But we talked we touched on this very briefly, Rick, but I think it's good for us to go back and mention the hollow three. Yeah. If God has invited you towards the wall and you willfully turn around yeah. and pretend to believe everything just the way you always believed it at stage three, you will be a hollow three yes. that can no, can no longer believe in that way with authenticity. Nope. Like when you're legitimately at stage three, then you, you believe that way completely authentic. Yeah. You're supposed to be there. God has led you there. But when God's led you past it and you refuse to go on, uh, then you end up in this very hollow space and, and you know, uh, don't, don't point the finger too much here, but if you've ever heard a pastor preaching that just <laughs> rang very hollow, <laughs> uh, this, they could be in a, a kind of hollow three situation. Yeah. And that's what I love about this critical journey book. It just, when they looked at people's spiritual journeys, this is what they found. This is the time. There is this time, usually kind of midlife, uh, could be a little earlier, maybe for some people they hit it early in their 20s or at college, but it's that time where you really question things, you really, everything gets shaken up, you look more inward, the outward things are no longer doing it for you, the outward religion's not doing it for you, and it's really God calling you into a deeper understanding and walk with him. But but at the time, it feels the opposite. The time, it feels like you're abandoning faith, not deepening faith. And, and that's such an important point that we need to keep reemphasizing is that it feels like you're going the wrong way when you actually are following God. Yeah. And so you're, God is leading you into transformation and healing, but it feels like you're going into doubt and despair and depression. <laughs> yeah. And and so but but that's how God is getting you to where you need to go. Exactly. He's calling you deeper. I remember one author uh that I read saying if you can't find God, it's not because he's run away. It's not because he's too far from you. He's He's out and above, or he's so far up, you know, we always think, oh, my prayers don't go past the ceiling. So somehow God's too far and my prayers aren't getting far enough to him. He said, when you don't feel God, it's probably because he's gone to the basement. <laughs> it's because he's gone deeper within you. He's gone deeper within you. And, and I think the wall is those walls. If you want to talk psychology, I think they're the walls of our wounds they're the walls of our, our dissatisfaction, the ways that our needs are not being met. And so we have to go through those walls. And so the psychological and spiritual healing is, is what's happening. Yes, yes. Is, that's what's happening here at the wall. That's what's happening this dark night of the soul. It's some of those things that you have been pushing aside, pushing aside, sweeping under the rug, sweeping under the rug, burying, putting up walls to protect yourself from true love, from vulnerability, from courage, from being your true authentic self. That's the walls that have to come down. I think Janet in her book said brick by brick. 
Yes, yeah, it's it's really the walls of our self-protective false self. Yeah. The armor that we've all put on. Yeah. And in some ways the wall is choosing to take some of the armor off. Yeah. Because the armor, yes, it protects, but it also keeps us feeling isolated from others mm. and isolated from God. You know, when I when I'm thinking about this wall, Rick, this story comes to my mind because sometimes it can feel overwhelming. And and one of my favorite stories and favorite documentaries that I've ever watched is uh, the story, the Ken Burns documentary on Lewis and Clark. Mm. And their adventurous spirit heading west, trying to explore, finding, trying to find a waterway all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And they're on their way and things are going relatively good for them. And then they, they reach the end of the Missouri River and they look up and they see the Rocky Mountains for the first time. Oh boy. <laughs> And, and just imagine what that mm. may feel like, you know. <laughs> and, and there's a great book written about it, a, a leadership book called Canoeing the Mountains, you know, and it's about their journey and having how they had to rethink everything because they thought this was going to be a water journey. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's this huge mountain and you know they had to think part of them like, let's just turn around, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is good enough. We've, we've discovered enough. Let's turn around. But they kept going. They figured out a way over. Uh, they got a lot of help along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, and they made it. You know, that story can kind of inspire us. When we face this wall, God is, is inviting us into an adventure that's going to be a little scary, and it's going to feel overwhelming most of the time. Yeah. And just imagine if we had stopped at the Rocky Mountains, There'd be a lot of the United States uh, that we wouldn't even know about. <laughs> and it's the same for you and I. That's the beauty of God. God's saying there's so much more to you. There's so much more to the spiritual journey. There's so much more I want to teach you. There's so much deeper I want to go with you. But he bids us, and it's, you know, it's an invitation into darkness because it's a place we've never been. It's a place where he wants to heal us. I think healing just goes hand in hand with this stage. It's a time where we have to kind of turn to our own souls. I think early in life, it's very easy to get caught up in just doing all the things people, you know, suggest we should do and following all those rules and following the the path that we are supposed to take. Mm. And then there comes the real work of saying, but wait, who am I? Who am I with God? Who, who is God to me? Who is my family, what is relationship, what is love, what is life, what do I want to do that's satisfying and meaningful? In, in a way, it's an invitation into the unknown. Yeah. You know, we're, we're being called, invited to go somewhere we've never been before. Absolutely. And, and we don't really have much of a map except for people that have gone through the wall before us. Yeah. That's about the only map we have. <laughs> but that's why it's so important, as Janet said in her book, that we go through, that we, it, you can't, t- if you turn around, then you're going back to hollow three, and everyone needs to hear that. If yeah. you say, oh, I can't do this, oh, I don't have time for this. And you're going away from God. That's also important. Oof. Yeah. I mean, most people wouldn't even think about that. But Rick, what if I'm a go-getter and I'm like, I'm going to scale this wall. I'm going (laughs) to dive under it. I'm going to, you know, get some dynamite and blast it to smithereens. Like, how come that 
doesn't work. I, I wish it could, but again, I think that's our ego. You know, we talked about that for a second. Our ego wants to blast it away, fix it, solve it, you know, move it, <laughs> go around it, over it, under it, whatever, something. But I don't think life, I don't think God lets you do that. I, I don't think it works. It just becomes hollow. And the ego is not where you want to land. It's your ego that wants to present this image to the world of I've got it all together. Mm. So that's where this dark night and this wall really challenge us because it's a time where we have to we have to face our wounds, we have to face our vulnerability, we have to face our weaknesses. But the beauty in facing all that, yeah, it, it may be a period, and people need to hear me on this, it may be a period of months, it may be a period of a year or two where you just aren't yourself or what you used to be. Mm. You may be slowing down, you may not, you may be depressed, you may be discouraged, but if you'll do it right, you're going to come out the other side authentic, deep, strong. You're going to feel more like yourself than ever and more to the person that I believe God made you to be. And by the way, that's where the power comes. I think people have been through this. They're powerful people in this world. Uh, I totally agree, Rick. And I'm, I'm as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple quotes here from... Um, Janet Hagberg's book, The Critical Journey, page 119, and I'm going to read just a couple of quotes. Um, she's talking about the wall and says, we must go through it brick by brick, feeling and healing each element of our wills as we surrender to God's will. Hmm. Our ego and will are transformed and made new. They are not transcended or risen above. We do not learn to get rid of them, but to submit them. Hmm. Along with spiritual healing comes psychological healing. Yes. We believe these transformations occur simultaneously at the wall. We move towards wholeness and holiness. Mm. And, and that's really been my experience, Rick, as I look back on what happened in my wall experience. It started with this grandiose picture of myself being the world's greatest pastor. So, so I had this picture in my head that I was going to wildly succeed at pastoring in ways that nobody else had yet achieved. Wow, <laughs> I didn't realize you had such visions. Um, maybe not to that level, but at least I was going to be <laughs> like, you know, in the top 1%, you know, like mm -hmm. I was going to, my church was going to be growing like crazy because my sermons were going to be so good and... <laughs> and all of that ambition and grandiose thinking was, in terms of psychologically, was if I achieve, then people will like me, mm. and that's as close as I can get to love. Wow. wow. So if I accomplish, then I'll get all this praise and adoration and people yeah. thinking I'm great, and that hopefully will fill my heart with love. Yeah. And, and now, obviously, none of this was conscious. Right, right. These, this is what you've come to the conclusion now. Now I could see it clearly. But at yeah, the time, at the I time. was just like right. working like crazy, burning myself out, trying to achieve. And that's what we mean by the ego. Yep. The yep. ego is always trying to make a name for itself and, and 
has grandiose visions and needs to get certain things from others. And, you know, it's, it's that sin to me, it's the sinful nature mentioned in the Bible. And, and it's the false self, the too, false self is another good name for it. You know, it's this, it's this image of ourselves as perfectly successful and, and needing the outward world to acknowledge that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so when I went, when I went through the wall, the wall started for me with failure. Like I needed, mm. I literally, not literally, I, I felt like I hit a brick wall yeah. uh, in a certain church that I was at that I had all these grandiose visions and they didn't want any of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I went flying in at 90 miles an hour and slammed into that wall <laughs> of resistance. Yeah. And that woke me up yeah. and started me questioning, like, what am I doing? Why am I killing myself for this. These people don't even want to do what I'm doing. Yeah. They're mad at me and I feel bad about that. And maybe I'm a horrible pastor. Maybe I should just quit. Yeah. I mean, there's all these questions and maybe, you know, these church people are being mean to me, you know, not taking ownership of my part at that point. Um, you know, Maybe maybe the whole church is a terrible idea. Maybe it's all a, sh a sh you know a house of cards. Yeah. Maybe it, none of it means anything. I mean, it, you could see how far your mind can go. Sure. When you're in this wall experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think oftentimes for people there is some external catalyst, meaning some some wall you face outwardly that really takes you into this spiritual journey. It, it seems to me the wall is very much a time where something that you believed in before or some dream you had before gets shattered. Yep. Yes. And that takes you, and it's it feels horrible, but at the time, I mean, at the time it feels horrible, but looking back, you start to go, wow, what a, what a gift. What yeah. a gift that this all went wrong, and I had to rediscover who I really was. It, it points you back to becoming who you really are instead of maybe pursuing that false self and mm -hmm. that false dream and that false ambitions that in the end would have made you a worse person. Yes, yes. And and sometimes, you know, when I think when I think about who I would be today had everything worked. Yeah. I kind of shudder when I think about yeah. that, you know, because I would have been Everyone would have thought me incredibly successful on the outside, but inside I would have been very hollow and empty. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel very much the same way. I think for me, it was a rough marriage, uh, a bad marriage, bad relationship. And that really just in my 30s became a wake-up call to, man, I thought if I followed God, everything would go well. I thought, mm. you know, he would bless my family. He would bless my marriage. He would bless the, you know... You just start, it just starts you on that path. Not to mention, I also then had to get help because yes. things were not, I, I got, the wall is that time where you start to realize, I can't fix this. Yes. I, the, I've tried everything <laughs> and I can't fix this and now I need help. Yes, yes, we need that outside help. The other thing that happens when we come to the wall is that our unconscious contract with God Yes. gets exposed yeah. for the self-centered thing that it is. Mm -hmm. And so so my unconscious contract with God revolved around, all right, God, I will serve you. I'm, I'm in the ministry here, so I'm serving you. If 
you make my life a hundred percent successful. Yeah. You know, like I gotta be healthy. <laughs> I gotta, everything's gotta go great in my marriage with my kids. You know, yeah. Uh, I need to succeed at work, all of that stuff. I'll serve you if, you know, it's not, it's not no matter what it's if yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, there was a lot of things attached with that. If, you know, that God was supposed to do for me. And so now suddenly when that's not happening, when God's not doing uh, God's end of the contract, so yeah. to speak, yep. then I'm like, am I still going to serve God? Yeah. Cause he's not keeping up his part of the bargain. So is, what's the point? Is my whole reason for serving God to get something for myself. <laughs> well, at first you don't notice that though. This is no, all reflection. No, no, that's true. That's at first true. you're just like, God has let me down and there's a lot of anger towards God in this stage. Yeah. He yeah. has failed me. I, you know, what, Maybe it's he all doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, because he's really let me down. I mean, I prayed and I prayed for the specific thing to happen and it didn't happen. And I think Janet refers to there are people at this stage who do leave. God, so to speak, who leave religion, who leave all of that. Mm. What's so fascinating, she found, is when they do the journey right, they end up coming back. But ah. they say it's very different. And she says she saw over and over as they interviewed people that they would leave their religion of origin, the religion of birth during this stage four. And they would think, oh, you know, like we said, oh, just it's not right. It's da da da. But then as they keep doing the journey and they keep getting the healing, they end up coming back, but they always would say, but it's so different now. Yes, yes. So you come back from a very different place. Uh, and just generally, you could say you come back owning it for yourself. Yes. And, and this was one of the most valuable pieces of insight I was given when I was going through my wall experience. Somebody told me, said, you know, you can waste a lot of time trying to find the perfect religion, or you can just go deeper in the one that you were born into. Yeah. Because that's beautiful. At, which, you know, like if, if we go, like you were saying earlier, go to the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and find God deeper. And that, that really worked for me because mm. by the time instead of wasting a lot of time saying, well, does this one have a better set of beliefs? Well, is this one, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, we're all, all of the religions are trying to point us to that same deeper connection with God. Yeah. yeah. And, and let's remind everybody, God himself is undefinable. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's why we can say that because any construct we put, any box we build whatever religion, and, and we're not trying to get, you know, some blanket statement that all religions are perfect and all religions lead to God. We're just saying the goal of religion is to put people in connection with God. Yes. But yes. that's still a human effort. Yes. It's, it's human rules. It's human, you know, worship services and buildings and rituals and rites. So the, what we're talking about, the dark night puts you deep into the divine in a yes. way that you never were. That's not about these externals. In a way that you can't control. And that's that's really what I was trying to say earlier is, you know, if if I find, quote, the perfect religion, now I'm in control of it. Yes. I found it. I yeah. analyzed all the beliefs and I believe that they are true. Yeah. And they're exactly right. You know, stage yeah. four is not found is not about finding the religion with all the perfect beliefs. <laughs> right. It's about questioning 
your own false beliefs about God, that own yeah. your own unconscious contract, questioning that and yeah. letting go of control. Absolutely. It's saying, okay, God, I'm going to get on this raft without any way to steer it. Yeah. And let you take me into the deeper water. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Can I go with God? Can I trust this journey? And that's that's the scary part. And I think if you're in stage four and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, it's not a coincidence. God probably just put it in your path so you could realize what's going on. And then two, my my best thing I can say to you is go with the flow. Mm. Go with what are the spirits leading. It may not be, it will not be, sorry, <laughs> I'm not going to change it. It's not, may not, it will not be conventional. It will not be there's a set path and I'm going to do religion. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be counterintuitive, but you don't have to throw everything out at this stage, but you can set everything to the side and then start picking piece by piece as you want to bring them back into your life in a way that's meaningful and deeper and feels authentic. But it's a great time to do uh, learning and growing and reading and you know, it, it it's best served when you do look for some mentors, you do pick up some good books at mm -hmm. this time mm -hmm. that can help you make sense of yourself, of God, of life, because it's a time where everything's up in the air. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with that counsel, Rick, that, that uh, the go with the flow. Um, I also like the idea of just whatever you hold, hold loosely during mm. this time. Yeah. You know, it's it's the tight grip that's going to get you stuck at the wall. Yeah, it's anything that you're holding tightly, uh, and sometimes, and this this is surprising to a lot of people. Sometimes the thing we hold most tightly to is our past pain. Mm. We just we just want to hold on to that because we think you know if I let go of that, yeah. then I've betrayed my my inner child. I've yeah. betrayed my younger self. Uh, I've, I've pretended like it doesn't matter anymore. And, you know, we have all these rationale well, as to becomes, why we shouldn't let go of that. It becomes part of your identity. Yes. Some of these really traumatic yes. experiences or whatever past pain becomes your identity. And it's so hard to say, well, if I let go of that pain, then if I forgive or if I just let it go, who am I anymore? Yeah, yeah. You've that, defined yourself by that. And that that's this wall experience is is transformation. Transformation means your identity is shifting. Mm -hmm. It's changing. It's it's moving to a, a more rooted in the unconditional love of God, yeah. where you're no longer needing outward affirmation of others or of the world to call you a success, to say you're great, to say yeah. they love you. You, you find this internal sense of God's presence uh, is enough. You find that the love of God is enough. And, and so that's where you're heading. And, yeah. and I'm getting ahead of us, Rick, because that's really where you come out in stage five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, go with this flow. And as things come apart, don't resist it. Yeah. The, 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 the more you resist, the more stuck you're going to get. The yep. more you let go, the quicker the whole thing will go, I think. You're going to feel very vulnerable, and that's the hard part. Very raw. Uh, you're going to be letting go of a lot of armor. 
Yeah. You you're going to have tastes and moments where you you sense what mm-hmm. true aliveness feels like. Those will give you the motivation to keep going down this path. Yeah, let me share what happened for me. So I referenced the marriage is not good, the relationship is struggling, we're in, we're going in two different directions and eventually it leads uh, to the decision that we're going to have to divorce. Hardest decision, of course, of my life. And, you know, here's the crazy part. It, it took therapy, it took counseling, good friends and everybody to, to kind of get me through that period because it it's not like it's like a divorce happened, you know, one day everything's fine, the next day we're getting divorced. Like this is, for me at least, a span of years. And I get to that day and I've done the therapy and I've read, you know, Critical Journey and I know here it is, I need to do this. This is where God is leading me. This is where I have to go in this journey. Doesn't make it easier, but I know it's the right thing and I'm strong and I'm whatever. And the funny thing about it is as I make that decision, I start cleaning my car, okay, and this has a point. <laughs> I'm cleaning my car, fixing it up, and I know that I'm about to move out. I'm going to lose my home, my relationship with my families, of course, change with a divorce, with my girls, my relationship as a dad. I'm not going to be a husband anymore because I'm being divorced. So I'm losing so much of my identity, but I said at least I will have my car. I loved my car at that time. It was a little sporty Toyota Camry. And I fixed it all up, moved on out. Three days after I moved out, I had to let my ex borrow the car to take the girls to school because I was doing something else. And she, anyway, long story, she totals my car. My ex, and I swear my first thought is she must have done this on purpose. But it was in January and there was black ice and the car in front of her wrecked and then she hit the car in front of her and all this. And I just said to God, God, why? <laughs> like that was the one thing, the one thing I wanted to keep, the one thing that was going to be my new home because I love that car. I, I was losing every, it felt like I was losing everything. And all I had was that one car. And then he took that from me. And even when it happened, there was a part of me because of reading this book and other literature like it, I knew, okay. Now I have nothing. <laughs> like this is the ultimate wall. This is the ultimate dark night. Yeah. Now I have to start all over. And I knew in a spiritual sense it could be a great gift. But man, was it a terrible... <laughs> at the moment, I was just like, I wanted to be so angry at God because why do you take that, right? Like just give me one thing through this whole <laughs> process. Well, and I remember too, Rick, you know, this might spoil your story a little bit, but you ended up coming out way ahead financially as a result of of that car wreck because <laughs> of getting a, a nice true. check for insurance and then yeah. you're able to find a... a, a grandma's a, car. I ended up with grandma's car. Yeah, yeah. You got a, you got a similar car. With less miles. With less miles and for way less money. So you, you were able to pocket some money that was helpful at that time. And, but so, that's how God works. Yeah. Thank you for bringing in that piece because, you know, a month, it took a month for all that stuff. You know, there's yeah. a month of just like, God, seriously, zero, I've got nothing. And then all of a sudden he starts rebuilding my life. And I mean, I could go on and on. Like my life today has been rebuilt beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. 
And yeah. shout out to my new wife who I love and, you know, the family that I have inherited because of that and the house I live in and the cars and the, like everything has come back fourfold basically. But, you know, at that dark night. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's fascinating too, Rick, that, you know, that's, that's how it works is like, if there's one thing that we're clinging to, that mm. thing eventually has to come out of our hands. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. And so, you know, it is hard to let go like that. It yeah. really is. And, and if you're at this place, please know that, you know, our hearts are with you. We're sympathetic. And, um, you know, yeah. both of us, you know, if you would, if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, we have an email address that you can, you can mm -hmm. contact. Mine is, is Dr. Uh, period will period johns at gmail.com and rick what's yours again the uh well we have the best thoughts you can reach me with best thoughts podcast at gmail.com okay best thoughts podcast at gmail.com yep. so feel free to reach out to us because we know this is a unique time period there's not a lot of people that are talking about this right <laughs> and so if you're going through it it really helps to have somebody who's been there before just to be a, I, be a guide along the way. I valued and treasured those mentor type people at this stage in my spiritual journey. I had a couple key people that just made all the world a difference. And then a few people I was, we were doing the journey together and just being with them on the journey and processing and mm -hmm. having some good friends. I could talk about my doubts and my fears and, and all the angst and things that I was just wrestling with during this stage. Yeah, and, and then the, all of this, that's probably a good point for us to, to start to wrap this up, Rick, is that all of this is leading us to stage five. And stage five is good. Like, it's really, really, really good. <laughs> so it's worth whatever you have to go through in stage four. It, it really is. And yeah. we'll talk more about that, you know, on our next podcast. But for the time being, you know, trust this process and and trust that God only has your best good at heart. This really is for your benefit. And, and you know, we're not just saying that because we're supposed to as pastors. We're saying that because we've lived it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been through it and we've seen what God can rebuild when we're willing to let go and and experience transformation and healing. Well, thank you for listening to Best Thoughts with us today. I'm Dr. Will Johns here with Dr. Rick Johns. Uh, we're delighted that uh, you have embarked on this journey, this critical journey with us. And uh, we look forward to, to being with you again next week. <laughs>